The Better Business Analysis Institute presents the Better Business Analysis podcast with Kingsman Walsh. Hey everybody, Ben Walsh here from the Better Business Analysis Institute. And today we're going to be talking about a topic I see a lot of articles on. Um, It's the most common when I was uh, putting together content for our institution. Uh, One of the most searched terms when you put in business analysis into Google or other search engines is a question around how do I become a business analyst? How do I apply for a business analyst job? Uh, What are the most common questions that may be asked? Um, So I thought I'm going to use this session for those of you who may not be in the BA space or are looking for a new job and or on the flip side, actually, and you're planning on interviewing a BA. So I'm going to look at it from two perspectives today, those who are applying for a BA job and those who are interviewing BAs for a job. Uh, and try and give you some insights from my perspective, of course, uh, as I always do, um, about what you should look for if you're either a candidate or you're the hiring manager. So let's start as the candidate, from the candidate's position. You're a BA, you may, let's just assume that you have got the basics down, so you may be what I would call an intermediate BA, you know how to process model. You've got some experience in the BA space. Let's start there. Uh, if you don't, ha- if you're not at that level yet, I would suggest getting any opportunity to allow you to get some junior BA experience. Do your certified Better Business Analysis Level One course, and you'll be way on your you'll be well on your way to getting to this position within, I would hope, you know, a year's time, twelve months. And you know, you can use tools on our website. And you can use ideally an ecosystem of BAs around you to make sure that your exposure is optimized such that you can move to intermediate BA uh, position and and title as soon as possible. But I'm going to pick it up for the intermediate BA uh, space. Uh, And this is where I am. And And let's just call, I'll call myself Michael. It's my middle name. So when I'm talking about the candidate persona, I'm going to be putting the persona on Michael. Michael, the intermediate BA. We're going to start there, and we're going to assume that Michael is applying for a job at, we'll call it Wild Fox Limited, which is actually my contracting company. So Wild Fox Limited, uh, which is a development company which does custom solutions for uh, web applications and for the Microsoft D365 platform. So you don't need to really understand that, but I'm applying for a job. They're looking for a BA, an intermediate BA who can grow into senior. They don't have any other BAs. They want to bring someone on board because they've got a customer who wants to roll out a CRM system, which we talked about in one of our technology podcasts. So a customer relationship management system. Uh, This company, Wild Fox Limited, they're a development company. They don't have any BAs. They may not have a tester, they may not have a project manager, but they want to hire a BA to gather the requirements from their customer so they, as a development company, can help implement uh, Dynamics, Microsoft Dynamics, solution to meet their needs. 
that's the job description we may start our job by seeing this job on seek or linkedin or by being called by a recruitment agent or by someone we know and i have to say from a candidate's perspective and this is true for me as a ba but also true of a lot of ipt professionals i know it's actually very rare and don't be disheartened that you get the job you apply for i think there's a bit of a misnomer that because a job is advertised that they're necessarily looking for an external candidate there's actually a process where you need to advertise externally when applying for a job so you're not kind of um you've got kind of some probity going on you're not deciding on the decision to hire necessarily a friend so you're almost like forced to go out to market aka going out and advertising a role but actually sometimes that's also happening internally and you know there is a a strong value base for companies to hire internally an internal candidate and so you actually find that a lot of jobs that are advertised especially if they're advertised directly by a business and not through an agency that those the chance of you getting those jobs may be quite low the other um, situation you need to really be aware of is how many candidates are applying for that role so roles where there is very few jobs available but lots of professions so for example uh, uh, there is a large demand but only a small supply of jobs um, you, you know you're going to be you may be one of two three hundred candidates and you may see on LinkedIn it might even tell you how many people have applied for that job but you don't necessarily know if that job is also advertised on the company's website you know a recruitment agent may have been ringing around for candidates it may also be on seek these are two common platforms in new zealand but there will be others if it was if you are not based in new zealand and so therefore you know don't get disheartened just because you're one in a thousand that you aren't a really good candidate the system around recruitment i've got friends in recruitment is not you know it's a very it's a dark art it is very uh interesting process and it doesn't necessarily mean because you're you are the best candidate it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get all the way through the various steps that happen uh to the job site uh hence why when you know someone uh, who knows your credibility and knows the job and knows your fit uh, you usually find that you know that's how people get jobs is through who they know or an agent who spent time understanding you and your needs and the, the client's needs and, and and mixing that together which is hence why we have a you know a, a strong recruitment agency kind of market okay so i think initially it's the job ad you you find the job ad and you read the job description uh, which is a uh, really what we call a jd is sometimes referred to meaning short for job job description we read through that and sometimes they're very generic and especially in the ba space and uh, uh actually writing those and we'll talk about the hire manager persona later when i act as ben the hiring manager um but it's not always the BA department or the person who looks after the BAs, the BA manager, who's issuing the job description. Sometimes that's managed by HR or another IT area or the procurement area. And so those generic job descriptions are quite poor generally. I, I would find that I read some of them. I'm always surprised when I read a good one, which shows you how bad they must be and when you see a good one you're like oh yeah that really describes what a ba does it should be outlining the tasks the generic 
and if it is a generic role or the uh, if it's a project should I outline what the project is if it's a contract role for example it might just outline what the project is and why they need a BA uh, and you can start to make a determination about what they think the scope of the role is and that's that's really really important one you want to relate your CV, your experience to that role and talk about that through your CV by updating it and also uh, through your cover letter and I'll talk about cover letters in a minute. Uh, you want to make the fastest, shortest, but like bang, whiz bang impression you can uh, when you are applying for these jobs and you do want to relate it you want to have some relationship with the values of the organization you're applying for, the, the project that you're going to be on, for example, and the, the job role. So I think um, studying the company who's issued the end company, if it's an agency, knowing about the company and their values is really critical. And I'd say half of the um, application process involves um, a, a technical side, knowing that you can do the job. And then the second half is really around culture and values and how you might fit into that organization. And that's become very, very important these days. And people generally might divide the interview process in terms of a screening interview, aka are you even close to saying who you are, uh, you know, that you are a BA and you can do stuff. And I'm going to talk about that and how we can help in a minute. Then you've got your general technical interview, which is you from a technical sense, they, they've tested your skills or uh, found out, maybe even given you a quiz or worked out that you, what you've put in your CV is true. And then you, if you get past that stage, you generally get to a culture fit interview, which is around how your personality and your soft skills will fit within the team that's there. You need to, when you apply, you want to get across your personality, you want to get across your connection with the company, so that's that second bit, the culture side, but you need to do that when you apply and in your cover letter, and then the second uh, part is really making sure that your CV, your cover letter, and your conversations um, around your technical skills relate directly to the JD and the project in which you're applying for. So think about it in those two categories. So as a candidate, um, again, don't get disheartened. You you should try to not make your application generic. I'm very terrible at doing that, quite lazy. This is not a process in which you want to be lazy. Um, maybe you have a base template uh, around your skills. One thing that I do quite uh, quite often is I will go to LinkedIn where I that's where I keep my experience most up to date and I will download a copy of my CV through LinkedIn. So my resume CV, uh, depending on what uh, what era of the world you are in, and that will um, so I keep my LinkedIn profile, which is my live CV. And then I download a copy of that. And that's what I use when I apply for jobs. And I might change the introduction there. Uh, and I might highlight specific skills or areas of expertise throughout my experience listing that relate to the job at hand. And with my CV, I've got quite a, uh, I've done quite a, uh, a unusual bunch of jobs from both management, uh, startup and BA. But if I was applying for a BA a job, I would try to highlight uh, the BA aspects and maybe write that at the front. So that's the kind of, in terms of your application, that's, I would probably suggest that's your best method in terms of using a, an up-to-date LinkedIn living CV 
using that as your base and that's generally what a lot of agencies do they might have linkedin recruiter which is the back-end uh, product that rec- uh, LinkedIn provides where they literally pull in your CV and they've already looked at your LinkedIn CV uh, before you've even applied or during the process. Um, so the same for Seek, you should probably do the same. It's exactly the same in terms of uh, a similar product to LinkedIn. Um, I do recommend something that's a bit of a pet hate for me from a, a hiring manager point of view is put put a photo on um, I'm, I know we're in 2023 and you say well look some of you know what you look like and how you present and what your gender is and what your nationality is um, cultural religion shouldn't matter and it doesn't matter when you apply um, and I hope that anyone who um, is in a situation where they're disadvantaged because of their skin color or gender you know for me I just have no time for that But what I will tell you is that if someone doesn't have an image on their LinkedIn profile, it does actually put me off uh, interacting with them. Uh, It's it's like putting a face to the name, I think, is is important for me. Uh, It also shows that you have presence. And as a BA, it's actually, I think, more important that you do because you will be interacting with people. Uh, there will be some unconscious bias that will go on, of course, when people see that you're a woman, for example, if they've got, or that you are, um, I don't know, from India, there's, you know, could be some um, stereotypical um, discrimination in people's heads that, you know, oh, well, this person looks like they're Indian, so therefore I want to test if their English abilities is as great as a New Zealander. Now, all those things will happen. They're things you can't control. Um, and that's not the purpose of putting the photo on there. But I hope that your other attributes, your other skills will um, will hopefully dampen any of that unconscious bias that you have. Uh, me personally, I don't subscribe to any of uh, any discrimination at all. I hate that kind of stuff. I actively fight against it. Um, but again, for me not being able to present as a BA or present your own photo, you know, that gives me a little bit of alarm bells that you're not willing to put yourself out there. Uh, so that's for me. So top tip for me would be to make sure you have some photo and you can actually set your settings in LinkedIn that if you're not a contact of a person, um, then they can't see your image. So that might, uh, might, might help you from a privacy point of view if you're worried about that. So keep your LinkedIn up to date. Keep your, you probably should keep your Seek up to date or at least choose one and, and, and keep that up to date. Uh, the other side is when you do apply, uh, be very honest with everything that you apply for. Honesty is key here. There's no, you just don't overinflate your your ego or yourself. You are selling yourself. That's about showing the best bits of you, the true bits of you, and filtering and reorganizing your CV. But don't lie at all. And then also make sure that you have a cover letter, which and that cover letter should be much more customized replying to the job description and to the company culture. Uh, I think you should, you know, if you don't know who is the hiring manager, then uh, then address that letter. It is a formal letter to, you know, dear sir, ma'am, or to, you know, uh, to the hiring manager, uh, to uh, whoever at Wild Fox Limited, Um to whom it may concern is a common phrase. Uh, Use a standard cover letter format, make it nice, 
every every interaction you have with this company at this point, your CV, how you write it, the language, the spelling, the grammar, your you know if you're presentable, if you've got a photo, uh, and your cover letter, anything in there that isn't that you wouldn't quite happily have on the internet for the world to see, don't put in these documents. Make sure it's your best, and you do need to be formal with this stuff this is formal uh i am quite an informal person i like having chats i like having coffee interviews but i would say that um despite my uh nature of being quite casual uh i will look for some formality people are seeing how you present yourself which is one of the skills you need to have as a ba so make sure that's hot that's great um you can try and make it a little bit unique talk about your hobbies you know talk about what you like what what you are like as a person outside of work and then the cover letter just coming back to that address why you want to work at that company why you think you would be the best candidate for this piece of work and maybe talk about any experience you have in a similar situation that would be the three areas i would suggest you talk about uh try you know you can put in a bit of wit if you're funny don't don't add it in if you're if you're not um and the other thing in when it comes to technology and roles in um it is you actually might have to apply for 20 jobs to get one or two replies so it depends on the on the role because of these applicants because it is a bit of a convey about process uh what I would say is very common is you apply for a job that you think you want. If it's through an agency, you may get a callback around that job. You may be lucky enough to get the first job you apply for. But if it's through an agency or through an organization, they generally keep your CV. So if you're close to what they want, they might say, hey, look, you weren't successful, but please apply for something else. That is a good indication. It is a generic email, but it might be nice. If you're working through an agency, aka a recruitment agency that makes money placing you or placing any candidate, they are going to be in your uh, being looking out for other work because they're going to know you're active, they're going to know you have a CV, they're going to know that you had a chance of applying, and then they'll actively work with you on the next job they get in. There is a bit of a first in, first serve situation with jobs that are hot market. And there is a whole method of uh, organizations only taking up to three candidates or multiple candidates from different agencies. And so you can get caught up in this machine and you just need to know that it's not you if you, um, or not necessarily you, if you don't get the job you apply for. If you've made your CV great, if you've done your cover letter right, if you're the right candidate for the role, uh, don't be disheartened is probably my best advice. So from a candidate point of view, uh, one final piece of advice is that your name will be entered into Google by the agency. They will check out your social media accounts. So if you've got anything that's controversial, if you're politically involved, you've got some strong views, I would highly recommend that you change your social media accounts to your non-real name, uh, especially if you know you tweet about certain topics that are I don't know very passionate you're passionate about you need to soften all that stuff or you need to make those private you will that will that's very very common that all that will be checked so your online presence and anything related to you as a person you need to make sure is formal and doesn't show any just assume that you want that to be a neutral uh, impression of yourself 
there was once a candidate from a hiring point of view and uh, which applied at, a, at an organization I was at and actually the HR uh, area googled the person's name and he was a very prominent um, Twitter um, I guess tweeter uh, a blogger um, and he used his, his first and last name which was obviously what was being entered into Google to check that actually I think the system automatically did it in the HR department and I pulled back you know his top 10 tweaks tweets and it was very clear that this person had a problem with the public service in in New Zealand and actually the organization I was working at had a lot of customers in the public service so you could make there was an assumption made there that we wouldn't risk someone with strong views who really didn't show that they really did not like the public service you know they may not be the right candidate to hire to work with the public service uh, and despite what they said in their interview so that was done after the first interview and a decision was quickly made not to hire that person so you've just got to uh, be very careful with your online presence here okay so that's probably enough advice from the candidate point of view in terms of applying at this point um, if you're lucky enough to get an interview then we'll talk about some of the questions you might get present how present well uh, more than you uh, dress uh, well and appropriate and as your in your best gear uh, like you're going to uh, a, a, a fancy party or getting married you know that level uh, you should do they may ask you to dress down in the interview but always dress well um, and you know be yourself and be honest so we'll get to the hiring manager persona here before we come back to the candidate. So as a hiring manager, there's a, as we've talked about, there's usually a lot of steps that you have to go through. So let's just assume there's some kind of business case, some kind of justification or agreement in the organization's organizational structure or a business case for a new role. So you usually have a, you know, a vacancy that's being created. And that vacancy will be associated with a job. So in this case, an intermediate BA we're looking to hire. As a hiring manager, it's really critical that you review the current job description. It, it may be the last thing you ever want to do in your life uh, is to sit down and rewrite a job description. But really, that if, you do, if you're not crystal clear in that job description about what you want this role to be, and you know where what the areas of responsibilities are and what are the certain prerequisites that you require um, from a candidate then you are going to just spend a lot of time getting a lot of crap candidates or your HR department that probably knows nothing about business analysis is not going to screen them effectively so I'd suggest that there are kind of two probably three artifacts or three deliverables you should think about one is to either rewrite or create the job description uh, for the role, not a generic BA description, one specific to the level you're talking about, one specific to the job level that you are talking about. Uh, equally, if there is a specific project you're hiring for, then a, a, associate that, talk about the project at a high level and associate that and have that as as, as two as a work package, which has the JD and also the you know position description or the PD we sometimes talk about and then the project that you're hiring the BA for. 
To get that done, I call that one hour fact. The other area is really the interview questions. So you may find that there are generic culture fit questions, regardless of role at your organization. Let's just assume they are in place. But your technical interview needs to be related to the level in which you're hiring. Uh, you should test, uh, use that to test whether or not someone is technically capable of doing the role. Do not skim on this. I have made the mistake of skimming on this. And this is where things go uh, go terribly wrong down the, down the line. Um, especially if you're empathetic to a really nice person, you may skimp on the technical interview, then find out that this person can't do the job. Once you've hired them, you know, you're both in an awkward position here uh, where it's really hard to get rid of someone and equally, you know, that person, it would suck to be, you know, hired into a role and <clears throat> you not to be able to do the role equally. So make sure your technical interview is robust. Uh, make sure that it is uh, consistent and can be done across all candidates, uh, all regions by different hiring managers. So you've got some instructions with it. Uh, and also, you know, test the flex of testing whether or not this person is potentially uh, at a higher band than you expected. So maybe have a question that's in a, in a higher band. So if you're hiring for an IBA, intermediate BA, maybe have a few senior BA questions just to see if this person's underrating themselves that do doesn't generally happen but it can and equally some junior questions that you've got in there too so if they can't for example answer the junior questions then they're going to struggle with some of the intermediate questions so have a very robust technical process make it very clear to the candidate that that is part of the process and that they will be going through a technical test and that make sure the test doesn't require them I would suggest to study beforehand you don't want them to be able to study or see this test before the interview date and you want it under controlled conditions okay and that could be done online or it could be done in person so make sure you have that and a criteria and you know a, a line where you draw the line in terms of they don't get you know x percentage uh, right then it's a no-go keep that really clear and i would suggest the technical uh, fit Sorry, the culture fit after the technical interview, the culture fit, even though you'll pick up nuances within the technical interview and you can feed that into the people doing the culture fit interview, I would suggest making the culture fit interview uh, not run by the same person doing the technical interview. So you get a different perspective, different people potentially mix up um, the type of demographic of people that this candidate's interacting with. So for example, I would, if I did an interview, I may look for someone who was a different personality type to me, potentially different gender to me, uh, to do the uh, culture fit interview because they might have a different perspective on uh, bits and pieces that I may have had a bias for throughout the technical interview. So I think that's really important. So again, you know, let the if you treat that as a separate interview, and I think it's important to have at least two. You may have a third one where you're getting them to uh, interact with and meet your team, so you can see what the natural body language and interactions are that might happen after uh, after the culture fit interview. That's that's commonplace. Okay, so we've talked about the fact that we need very uh, an up to date JD. Uh, that's done we need to have interview questions and an interview technical interview process and the third uh, part that i highly recommend for a hiring manager is to give the hr team a set of screening questions that you want them to to uh, ask candidates this could be for an external agency or internal um, recruitment team 
to ask almost test the technical knowledge of this person um, and their background in business analysis um, and their passion for business analysis and get them to ring them and do this either through you know some automated video um, or through a conversation before putting them through the process so this screening interview should happen first uh, so I guess there if you if we talk about the steps that happen people apply for jobs there's a bit of a, a looking at CV to see whether or not this person is even that in the realm of job description or in the country that you need them to be in then there's you know a, so then there's a, a smaller pot from the from the applicants there's generally a screening process and that's where you make contact with these uh, these cut down list of candidates and that's to check uh, English communication really important in um, business analysis and of course if you're in Spain then you'll be checking their Spanish um, or whatever languages you need them to speak their ability to communicate their ability to present their ability to answer questions the ability to think on their feet and these screening questions which they don't see beforehand where you're really saying all you're expecting from your HR department or your agency is that this person is who they say they are that their CV is true and correct that they can give you some examples of when they've done the work and that they might be a strong candidate and why they're applying to your organization and why they want to work on this project so they do they're not going to do they're not going to do the nth degree here okay and this is the problem with outsourcing uh, recruitment or recruitment teams that don't really understand all these jobs but they will do some level of screening that then leaves us with the candidates for our potential candidates that now come to you probably as a hiring manager and you will do another cull on who you may want to bring to technical interview so you've done your three things as a hiring manager you've reviewed the job description you have either hopefully updated that you've come up with screening questions for the recruitment team uh, and of course you've set out what the parameters are for the technical interview along with the technical questions and I guess this uh, assessment criteria for that so that's you as the hiring manager and so if we jump back over to to Michael the candidate uh, he will experience he or she will experience those various steps and then if they make it through those various steps then they may be given an offer and I think it's important to appreciate that when you hire someone or when you take on a job um, it's an important you know life-changing experience and so if you're lucky enough to get an offer review that offer ask questions ask questions along the interview process make sure when you're comparing offers that you're not experienced you're not uh, making a choice based on uh, a small uh, pot of money uh, obviously if there's a big difference in the amount of money that you've been offered you you know that may may be a determining factor for you but if the difference is quite small then start asking questions around the training you may get the support you might get how reviews happen uh, you don't want to be stuck on a higher wage when you first get hired and then stuck on that wage whereas the other employer who may have been offering you slightly less has a better uh, promotion process which means you're getting you know 
you're catching up and um, passing where you would have been if you had uh, selected the job that seemed like the better offer. Um, so there's quite a few factors there. I will say from a candidate's point of view, make sure the company is the company in which your values align with. Make sure you can make a difference in the job that you're selecting. If you get a bad feeling about the hiring manager or the people you might be working with, that's a good indication that maybe the role isn't for you. Um, so I think, you know, as a candidate, be, be aware um, make sure that you are making a decision like you would be buying a house or buying a car that is the right one for you in the right place that you want to work for um, and when you take on a job hopefully it's heading you in the direction that you want from in your career plan so if you don't have a career plan think about one and think about how this job might get you along that road and that might be great to explain your career path during the interview i will say though that if you're applying for a, a a BA role for example you don't want to be talking about other job roles which are outside of BA when you apply because your goal may well be to you know start your own company or be a product manager but mentioning that during an intermediate BA role interview is actually off-putting to the hiring manager that wants you to be there for you know at least one two three years or even more as candidates look for shorter experiences and more career choices across their lifetime, we have these things called uh, tools of duty. So I think um, that's it's hard for employers to accept that employees aren't necessarily looking for a lifetime connection, but they're looking for the most optimal place to be to add value for maybe one to three years. So um, be aware that you know the dynamics are changing, and you know that's acceptable. Don't actively talk about that. Um, and then from the hiring manager point of view, you need to be aware that candidates are on that. That is the way the work world's moving and that candidates are looking for more flexibility and looking for stepping stones on their greater career journey. So I hope I've given you some insights to both the candidate experience and the hiring manager experience and what goes on uh, throughout those various sides of the coin. Uh, look, there's a lot more I could talk about here. If, if I get feedback that you say you want to have some examples and some questions that you get asked, um, then I'm happy to throw those in there. Um, off the top of my head, be expected to ask uh, about your experience, what you've done, what you did on the project, when it comes to the technical interview, especially if it's an IBA role, expect to do a process diagram, expect to be able to write some user stories, some requirements, expect to do a workshop and draw something up, expect to be able to answer why you love BA and uh, specific examples about where you've used techniques. And from a hiring manager's point of view, they will be asking you questions in that space and expect the unexpected. I always ask a bit of a, a, a off the kind of off the charts uh, question, which uh, uh, um, the purpose of that question is to check how someone thinks. So expect a weird and wacky question. Do your best to answer it. And they may, uh, the hiring manager may not be looking for the right answer. They may be just looking for your ability to uh, work with that question and answer as best you can so um i'll leave you there um please comment uh and through uh, you can actually send in a bit of a voice chat question to spotify uh which comes to me and i can answer those questions and um, please shoot me with your you know couple of questions that you want to know a bit more about when it comes to interviewing from either the hiring manager point of view or from the candidate point of view